Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Shaver, joined by Brian Christopherson, Michael Brunts, here on a gloomy Friday morning. Gentlemen, why does it feel like we live in Portland, Oregon right now? <laughs> well, you're drinking coffee. You're like, you're going full Oregon, man. It's not like real coffee. It's like fake coffee. It's, uh, it's about as close as you get, though. Yeah, I don't know. It's a Frappuccino for are those you, who really care. Are you wearing a crew neck sweater right now? No, I am not. I am uh, I'm currently wearing the shirt that I worked out in, and it is gross. And, uh, <laughs> was it a crew neck sweater? No. <laughs> it, was a, it was an Under Armour t-shirt that's like three sizes too big. I look ridiculous. Well, your muscles are going to grow into it pretty soon. I don't really think that's going to happen, but uh, oh, okay. I, appreciate the, I appreciate the positivity that you have. It, it helps cancel out the much negativity that I bring to, to everything. So things that weren't negative, though, though I guess for Brunts it might have been because the Chiefs returning wouldn't be a particularly joyous occasion for him. But the NFL got started last night. That's at least something good here in this weird world we currently live in. Uh, you guys have any thoughts on watching the game last night? Can we talk about Andy Reid's, like, face cage that, that he was using last night? Absolutely. You have the floor. It's, uh, I appreciate his uh, dedication to safety. And, you know, I don't – I'll admit I was kind of half watching the game, so if there was some kind of explanation why he was wearing, like, a giant face shield um, – you know, I, I, I'm welcome to hear it, but he looked like he was calling plays from inside of a fish tank last night. Um, and that, that was probably the most entertaining part of the whole game uh, to me was, was just kind of watching his face mask uh, fog up the entire, the entire time because I, the Chiefs are going to be very good uh, once again this year, obviously. But if Andy Reid's um, sneeze guard – mask continues um that, that, that's going to be a, a good thing for me i think nice Brunts. uh sorry excuse me bc what do you think did you watch the game uh i was flipping between that and i was watching the show ted lasso on apple tv uh which is sort of uh, ridiculous but uh had my attention for most of the night i kind of binge watched it so uh was that with jason sudeikis yeah i, w- I mean it's okay um it's, he's, a, he's an American football coach who gets uh, hired to uh, coach a Premier League team, um, and he doesn't know anything about soccer. And so uh, it's, it's mildly funny, but uh, surprisingly hooked me, even though I don't know that everybody would embrace the show. You're a big Wolves guy, so it's not like you're unfamiliar with Oh, yeah, Wolverhampton, yes. Uh, where did we finish in the standings? I forgot where my guys – finished but uh you want to look that up for me bronze yeah i got you <laughs> they were in the top half of the table i think oh. the uh andy reed thing reminded me of when i'm working in my kitchen as a chef and i have my glasses on and i open up the stove and you and suddenly you can't see out of your glasses for about uh 30 seconds Speaking of which, if you kind of, you know, a, a few months back, you were touting the, the recipe book that you were going to put together and 24-7 Sports was going to publish. How are you doing with that? Yeah, it's not going that well. And I felt like I was talking a little bit too big of a game. And I don't want to be accused of, like, embellishing my career, like Skip Bayless's basketball career or something. So 
I'm going to bring it down a notch. And I, I have not, I have not got a lot done in the kitchen of late. I'm ashamed to say. All right. Seven, by the way. Seven. Not bad. You'll take that. Yeah. (laughs) I guess so. Uh, Watford was relegated, (laughs) so I I have that. Uh, Yeah, Watford was – they finished 19th. So, you're going to be watching a lot of champion uh, championship soccer this year. I promise to watch as much championship soccer as I watched EPL this year. Okay. That is my solemn oath to you. before we dive into a few Husker things, I, I'm just I'm curious, Bruns, do you think the Broncos are going to make the playoffs this year? No, I don't. Um, I think they're going to be at least in the conversation later in the year than they they were last year. Um, I, I like the potential of Jerry Judy. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm a little saddened by the Von Miller news, but I, I think. Uh, I think this year will be better than last year, but I'm not uh, blocking off time to watch the NFL playoffs already with the Broncos. BC, I am not remotely excited about the Vikings this year. Why am I? An Whoa, idiot? breaking news. Yeah. You don't like, <laughs> you don't like any of your teams. You're always down. You're always down on your Indians, even though they were, you know, although they had a bad, week to be, um, to be fair i'm not down on the the indians as a team i'm down on their ownership and their inability to spend money there is okay. a slight difference there all right um i think the vikings will go about uh nine and seven is that okay. good enough for the playoffs i don't know i think it's gonna well i think the nfc north is gonna be decided by it'll be like a nine and seven situation where there's two teams and there's a tiebreaker involved I think that's what's going to happen this year. The Packers, I know there's a lot of Packer fans here, so I'll choose my words carefully. Um, Rash. They, didn't, <laughs> they did not play near as good as their record last year. Um, what were they, 13-3? and three? They were more like a 9-7, and 10-6 and six team, I thought. Um, and they were fortunate. So I think they're going to slip back to that range. And the Bears are going to be around 7-9, and 8-10, and 10, and the Lions will – be the Lions. How do they how do they decide the the tiebreaker in, in the NFC North? Do they all meet at a truck stop in like Gurney and the, the flip a flip a coin? Is that how it's decided? I think everybody brings their best version of cheese curds to Andy <laughs> Reid. And then whichever one elicits the most excited response from him is who gets to go to the playoffs. Is it a, hot, a hot dish? Is that what it's called? It could be a hot dish, yeah. That wouldn't be bad. I would watch that uh, on NFL Network if, if, if teams brought hot dishes to Andy <laughs> Reid and he, he chose that way. And I think he would be very fair about it. I don't think oh, he I, would yeah. – he wouldn't have any bias. I really think he would, he would go totally with the food on that pick. I bet Mike uh, Zimmer's hot dish is total trash, by the way. You think so? <laughs> yeah. I bet Mike Dimmer would just show up with an elk that he shot and then the, he, uh, he butchered and then he turned into jerky and – I think he would just do it all himself. That seems like the Mike Zimmer route. While wearing an eye patch. (laughs) We see Chef Hat. Yeah. All right. uh, We're way off the the path here. Let's try to rein this in. So there is is some scuttlebutt that there might be some Big Ten football games played at some point (laughs) between now and August 2021. Uh, we don't know when exactly those games could occur, but it seems like there's some movement afoot 
something could happen this fall, maybe as early as October, maybe in Thanksgiving and as late as potentially January for a start date. So one of the things that we kind of wanted to, to dive into here with the idea that football could be coming back for Nebraska is where they have strength on this roster. What position groups we look at and we think, okay, Nebraska's set up pretty well there as they go into this conference only season. And so I'm curious, we'll start with Brian. What's a position group, either offense or defense, that you look at and you think, all right, Nebraska's at least above average here? Let's go way back to March, and you saw Farniok and Hymas get up there, and they said uh, no excuses. And that was a theme that Greg Austin pounded them over with, you know, going into the spring is, you know, we've got the numbers now. Uh, the backup should be good enough to uh, contribute where like Bo Wilson doesn't have to play every snap this year. You can get some other guys involved, like <clears throat> Ethan Piper type guys. Um, so that group really should be something you can hang your hat on um, in this, this strange climate where you would think, you know, we could always say play in the trenches decides things, but I think especially this year, I feel like there might be some, more simplicity involved in offenses and what's what teams run and stuff like that. And you've just got to be able to line up and smack people with some basic stuff. And that's where I feel like Nebraska could potentially excel. So I would say O-line is the obvious answer. This isn't a position group, but I feel like the senior class is a good group for Nebraska in a situation like this if they play too. I, I just like the seniors. It's not like they have – all Americans or anything, or even first team all conference guys necessarily, but you've got this solid bunch of like Boodle and Dismuke and Deontay Williams and Hymas Farniak. You can go across the board and name off, you know, the middle linebackers. There's like 10 of them, guys from that group, that age group, who I think can really be beneficial in a, in a strange season like this. I think you're right, and, and I think the offensive line is is key because, you know, in kind of getting out and watching, you know, high school games and, and kind of seeing, you know, the, the NFL games and, you know, the, the the college games last week especially, I think if you can kind of hang your hat on something, it's going to be even more important right now because it's just a total – you, you, I feel like if you're a coach right now and you're going out there for the first time, you really don't know what you're going to be getting from your team. I mean, you, teams are all over the board with how they practiced, uh, how much they've practiced, if they've hit in practice. And I, I think, you know, the, the potential for kind of sloppy play is there. So, I mean, if there's something that you can count on, whether that's, you know, the run game or, or whatever, it, it's, uh, I, I think you're, you're a way ahead of where everybody else is. And I, I think that's why that offensive line is such a key that it feels like you should be able to trust that group, hopefully just line up and run right at people. They, they couldn't do that last year well, but I, I just feel like, especially with Farniok on the inside, if they can do that, they have the potential to, you know, maybe start off a little bit better offensively than what they would otherwise. Is And – I'm just going to throw this out there and, and maybe you guys don't necessarily agree. And it's, it's really largely dependent on one guy, but another position group that 
that I feel like Nebraska is going to be at least above average at is at running back. And that just relies a lot on what you guys have said with that offensive line. I mean, those things work in conjunction with each other, but I'm really high on, on Mills. I think Mills can be one of the best running backs, if not the most productive running back in the big 10. And he's had nice seasons. I think if Nebraska commits to a strong running game, uh, there's no reason to me why he couldn't be an easy thousand yard rusher outproduce what Divino Zigbo did in, in 2018. He has that kind of potential and ability. And I think it really relies on their offensive line and, and their willingness to stick to kind of a power run game, which they didn't want to do until late last season. And I think that proved to be an effective thing. We saw what he did with Wisconsin and how he looked when he was very sick against Maryland. I, I really do believe that, uh, Things are uh, are looking up for Nebraska in the run game, and then I like a lot what's behind there. We just don't know much about it. You know, Ramir Johnson, Sevion Morrison, Marvin Scott III, one of those guys is going to emerge, I think, as a as a particularly competent running back and and backup to to Mills. And so I, I think that they have some some weapons and some things that they can use there. I I don't know about you guys. There's no spot on the defense where I am quite ready to say that they're going to get above average play from uh am I missing something I like what they have in the secondary but I still need to see a little bit more the linebackers are a total wild card and as much as I like Tony Tuioti you're still replacing two NFL guys uh, on that defensive line and you're going to need some big jumps from some young dudes is there is there a group in there that that you Brian like more than others or are you kind of with me where you're not quite ready to hang any of them as above average on the defensive side of the ball I like the secondary quite a bit, but um, I do worry about the other spots, the outside linebacker in particular. Um, I think they might start to find some answers there, but it's going to take some time and it's going to take some trial by error in the games. And I feel like that could also be the case on the D-line. I get why coaches are upbeat about the D-line being as good or taking even a slight step forward because they like the length they have and just the promise of the young players. But I don't take lightly how much, how many snaps the Davis twins played for this school and Darian Daniels uh, being sort of that guy you can just count on for a ton of snaps in a game. Uh, I mean, the Davis twins made rosters in the NFL. So they're that, they're that type of uh, those type of players. And so I don't think that's just easily replaced, um, even if there is some hope there. Uh, that's where I go back to the seniors, though, um, like Colin Miller, Will Honus. We can talk all we want about the young guns, but I feel like those guys who are veterans have to just – they have to be glue guys. And Ben Stilley is a good example of that on the D-line. Like he needs to take that next step and be that guy who sets the table for the future. Um, that's kind of why I like that this group, though, the seniors, because they're sort of like these high school guys we're covering on Friday nights who they are just they just are itching for a chance to put on film what they can do to get college opportunities. And Nebraska's got a bunch of veteran guys who are trying to do the same thing to show that they could play football beyond college. And so uh, they've got a lot at stake whenever Nebraska gets a chance to play again. Brunch, what do you think? Yeah, I think probably the closest group that to trusting is the secondary. I mean, I think you've got enough guys there that you, you feel pretty good about. Um, 
you know, I, I think especially compared to, to the, you know, front seven, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, outside linebackers, a total crapshoot out of outside of Jojo Doman. Um, you know, I, I have said and continue to say, I like the depth that Nebraska is building up front along its defensive line, but you know, th- those guys, a lot of those guys haven't been tested in any major way. And, and, you know, you, you haven't practiced in pads since last November. So I think that's a group that's going to that, – that can come along, but I don't know that I would trust them right out of the gates, uh, certainly not knowing what you're going to get in, a, uh, in an opener situation. So, I mean, that, that's – you know, defensively, you're going to have to lean a lot on guys like Dismuke, Boodle, uh, maybe Cam Taylor Britt in that group as well. But I, I think, you know, the, the secondary is probably the strength of the defense. Um, I think it will continue to be. Uh, it, but, you know, I, I still think, you know, you need to see a little, a, a few more results out of that group uh, than, than uh, you know, maybe what they have in the past. But I think part of that, too, if you didn't have Deontay Williams on the field last year, I think him uh, being healthy and kind of adding to that group uh, helps you. But I, I just feel better about the offense being able to kind of click from the get-go rather than uh, the defense right now. All right. Um... Let's before we take a break. I guess sticking with this kind of topic, is there is there a position group that you guys feel better about than what the consensus seems to be? Uh, wide receiver actually. Um, they can't be worse, and I know that's sort of a <laughs> well. I mean, that's a backhanded compliment, I guess. But I I just think uh, whatever. I'm not here to dog on Troy Walters or anything, but there was just something missing. Um, between him and, and his group last year. And so I think a new voice is going to be beneficial. And I, I just have a feeling Elante Brown's going to be kind of an immediate impact guy. Um, I think Omar Manning, I know there's clips out there already on social media when they did get on the field of some of the stuff he can do. And, um, you know, he, he flashed a player too that's going to get imaginations dancing. So I think they're just going to – they'll be better. Uh, and Wandale, if he can stay healthy um, for a full season, that, that changes a lot too. So even without Spielman, I like that group more than I did last year. I'd probably Brooke. go – as much as I just kind of poo-pooed them a little bit, I, I, I do like what they have uh, at, along the defensive line. I mean – Obviously, you lose Khalil and Carlos Davis and Darian Daniels. I mean, that's a lot that you have to replace. But I, I like the long-term potential of guys like Ty Robinson. I think Jordan Riley was a really important get for them uh, in that recruiting class last year that probably doesn't get the amount of run that it should. Um, you know, Ben Stilley, I think, is, is going to be important, like BC said, just to kind of steady the ship a little bit there. And, you know, if, if they can get more out of Damian Daniels, um, you know, I, I think they could be in a good spot. You still have Keem Green. Uh, they like what they have at Mosai Newsom. So I, I think the, the strength in numbers there is better than what it has been in quite some time. I mean, I, I think a lot of people, and, and kind of what I just said, look at the lack of experience there. But I think you have more options to go to now where you don't have to rely on somebody like Khalil Davis or Carlos Davis to play such a high number of snaps. And I think in the Big Ten, that's something that can kind of play to your advantage if you have that kind of depth up front. I, I feel like this is kind of a cheap one, but there's enough people that are 
concerned, disappointed, or just outright expecting Adrian Martinez to not be good again, I still like what they have at quarterback. I still think Adrian Martinez can be the best quarterback in the Big Ten. I, I think he has that kind of talent. I think they have that kind of offense. You know, with BC's right about the wide receivers, that's going to help out if the offensive line plays well. That's going to help out. They play behind their running back. That's going to help out. And then I, of course, like what they have behind them, too. I, I, I think people are really down on Adrian Martinez. I, one of the big reasons I really wanted a season, uh, you know, beyond just the fact that it's, it's what I do for a livelihood, I wanted to see if we saw Adrian Martinez really kind of improve after a down year and as a sophomore. And, you know, Mario Verduzco was excited about what uh, he had been doing in the spring. And, and I wanted to see what he looked like in year three. I, I know it seems like he's been around forever and he's a finished product, but there's still a lot of growth that can happen between a second and third year, especially when a guy struggled like he did as a sophomore. So I, I believe a lot in Adrian Martinez. I believe that this offense can be better than what it was. And uh, I, I think that he can be a productive player. And a good Adrian Martinez is a difference between this team making a bowl game last year and not. And so uh, I, I don't know if there's going to be bowl games in 2020, but if they do actually play, their chances of winning those conference games, if he's good, they go up pretty significantly. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's take a break here. But before we go, once again – we're, we're looking to do a mailbag show here in the future. And what we've decided after getting our collective heads together and coming up with a series of potentially bad ideas is we came up with this one. We would like to see if we get over 200 reviews total, and we are probably at 160 right now uh, on iTunes, we will do a mailbag show. And if you leave us a five-star review with your question, you will be cut to the front of the line, guaranteed to have your question asked on the show. So that is what we would like from you. We've already gotten some great feedback on iTunes, on Stitcher, you know, wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a five-star review, throw your question in there. We will absolutely get to it. Uh, we're thinking it might be a couple weeks, but we're going to look to do a mailbag show after we get over 200 plus reviews. So we're close, not quite there. So if you can help us get over that amount, we will be more than happy to do that mailbag show, answer your questions. When we come back, the wheel is coming out. Brunts has been spending a lot of time etching new questions into the wheel. Uh, some of them up to, you know, 75 words. He writes very small in his etching. And uh, we'll see what he has for us next on the Husker 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
All right, we're back. Brunch, you got the wheel out? It's out. It's ready to go. People people have asked me this. How many spots, because, you know, on, on the Wheel of Fortune, I don't know, there's like 14 different spots on the wheel or whatever. How many spots are on the actual Husker 24-7 podcast wheel? There are 35 spots, actually. You wow. That's why it's, you got to let it spin a little bit. Um, so we'll give it another spin here. I think we've got a couple decent topics on here that we can uh, hit on. So without ado, uh, with, with no further ado, here we go as it spins. It's also what we used to play uh, roulette on uh, mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, we just flip it on its side. And yep. uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's how I use my illegal casino. Have either of you, have you, either of you actually bet roulette at a casino? Yes. Yes. Did you win? No. Yeah, I have. Um, I once saw um, at Ameristar Casino when I was a younger man. Um, this is not made up. I saw a guy hit, or the the wheel hit red like twenty seven or twenty eight times in a row, and that is not made up. There were people gathered around the table, like in. Everybody was watching. The whole board was filled red. It was it was amazing. Did you did you put any money in when it was red, or were you the guy that just kept no for it to turn black? I I didn't put any money down. I was just watching. There was a guy, and you could tell. I did, I hate to judge a book by its cover, but he seemed like a guy who maybe was down and out on some things, and he was winning, and people were begging him to take his chips off the because uh, he was playing red. And uh, he wouldn't do it. And he, he went like 12 turns. It was the most ridiculous thing I ever saw. It, 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 he did eventually leave with, with money that hopefully he didn't throw away the next day. All right. Bruce, did the, did the wheel come to a stop? Do we have a topic? Uh, yeah, there it goes. It stopped. Um, so quick one here. So we might have football this fall, the Big Ten. We might not. Um, the – the, the world continues to spin. Um, Much like the wheel. Yes. Yes. So, which active college football team should Nebraska fans cheer for while waiting for the Big Ten to get its crap together? That's actually how it's written on the wheel. I, I got one. What do you Go got? Me? West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're kind John of, Denver. Yeah, a little bit. I think they're kind of random. I just purchased a John Denver album with Country Roads on it um, for five dollars um, in the old market area a couple weeks ago. But uh, so I I love when they win and they play that song. Um, but also West Virginia is just sort of one of those programs you forget about, but then once in a while they'll have sort of a little magical run. Remember that team? Was it like 2007? It might have been that year where Rich Rod had them on the doorstep of competing for a national title, and then they inexplicably lost to Pitt, yeah. like nine to seven or some stupid game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I always kind of have a little soft spot for West Virginia. They seem like people of the soil. Uh, and the coal mines and all that stuff. And I, I, I just am uh, going to root for the Mountaineers. Interesting. All right. I like that one. Brunts, what do you got? I, uh, I, I, I'll go a little bit different part of the country. Um, so I'm intrigued by Mike Leach at Mississippi State. I'm curious to see 
what that's going to look like in the, in the, in the SEC. Um, I, I feel like they're a team that is going to be kind of fun. I think you're going to have probably, you know, the one seven, eight games a year. Uh, they'll probably knock off a team, you know, annually that they shouldn't. Um, but I'm going to go with Mississippi State. The only reason that I hesitate to go with Mississippi State, and, and maybe it's better this year because I, I don't know what their situation is with fans, but the 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 cowbells are terrible to listen to uh, on a live broadcast. But I, I think maybe because of smaller crowds, it might be a little bit more tolerable. So give me Mike Leach and the dogs uh, in the SEC. All right. I, uh, I like it. I'm going to go against the grain and go with a team that most people absolutely hate. And I'm going to just say Notre Dame because you'll always get to watch them. They're always going to be on television. They're now playing in a conference. And so that is interesting to me. And I think they are the, uh, the only real opportunity for Clemson to lose a game this year. And that might be one of the best games this season. I don't have a strong case for the Irish. But I always find them to be a fascinating team, and I tend to, uh, I tend to not understand the sheer hatred for them. Uh, but I am not, uh, I'm not as old as uh, the people that really, I think, grew up with the hatred of the, the Notre Dame teams in the 80s under Lou Holtz. BC, is that fair? Is that when the, the hatred really manifested itself? Yeah, that was the best time ever in college football. And a big part of it was because you had Notre Dame and Miami who were both Goliaths at the same time and just played some classics. But, yeah, I think Lou Holtz, he used to grab guys by, like, the face mask, you know, when he was ticked off, and you could never get away with that stuff now. But, um, yeah, there was definitely uh, – they were the most hated team, I think, in, in college sports by far. Yeah, it's funny because, like, the most interesting Notre Dame team when I was a kid growing up was, like, the year that Carlisle Holiday got them to 7-0. and yeah. Because before that, they were largely just kind of irrelevant under Bob Davey. And then Tyrone Willingham went there, and they had that kind of nice season. And then Brian Kelly's done a, a great job with them, and they've obviously lost in a national title game and played in the college football playoff. But they're, they're always kind of a fascinating program to me. I, I like – watching their sort of marquee non-conference games that they have with other teams. And I'm, I'm very curious about how they do in a conference season. What could have been one of the greatest forgotten moments in college football. It, it, this would have been Colorado's national title team in 90 that mm-hmm. tied a game, uh, lost a game, won a game on five downs against Missouri. And then in the orange bowl, they played Notre Dame and it was an ugly game and they're up 10 to nine with 50 seconds left. And they had to punt. Yep. And they actually punted to Rocket Ishmael, which was the stupidest thing ever. And Rocket Ishmael actually delivers in the moment this amazing, like, 85-yard punt return for a touchdown. And I disliked Colorado so much as a kid, I was just, like, joyful. And they call this BS clip that brings it back and takes away one of the great plays in college football and helps Colorado continue to have a horseshoe up its butt that year. Yeah, I, I remember watching that, too, and being just flummoxed that they were calling that back. Is there a, is there a group of five team you guys will follow? Because I have one, and that's going to be the, uh, the fighting green wave out of Tulane because Willie Fritz is down there, and Willie Fritz covers. That's the entire reason. He, uh, he, well, he was off the cover train for a while, and then he got back on. 
He's back on. Tulane's going to roll this year. Keep an eye on the green wave. Look for them in the college football playoff. I'm uh, I, I'm moderately intrigued by Army. Um, th- th- that would be the one that I would I would pay close attention to. I mean, I, Middle Tennessee State was terrible, but uh, there, there's something kind of soothing for the soul to watch option football. Uh, you, you don't see it enough, and uh, that was kind of nice to see. Brian? I don't have anybody. but uh, Brian hates group of five teams in the same way he doesn't like Jack Stoll. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jack Stoll. I have to say that every time. But, um, yeah, I, our, Army uh, would be a good pick, I guess. I would just copy Brunt's paper on that. I mean, Army – is already in people's heads that they, they make them use clock so bad. I mean, Middle Tennessee State ran like cool. one play in 40 seconds and yeah, a half, and that was it. So, so bad. The other one I could say was, was maybe uh, Appalachian State. That would be one that I would, I would also uh, pay close attention to for this season. But it's, uh, it, it'll be interesting. The Air Force is sitting out there with, with two teams on their schedule. I could see if uh, – Things kind of get get uh, get rolling a little bit with the schedule. They might have a few more teams calling them. All right. Well, this has been another exciting Husker twenty four seven podcast. We got a little John Denver talk in there, some NFL talk, some Andy Reid hot dish jokes, uh, some actual breakdown of Nebraska's roster, and then we gave you some teams to consider cheering for until the Huskers get back on the field. Gentlemen, I would say that we covered a lot of ground today. We did. Can you play Country Roads uh, to end it, Bronx? Can you throw that in there, or is that, is that going to cost us some money? I don't think we have the money for that kind of a license. Schaefer can maybe sing it, I guess. I am not going to sing because I do not sing. Okay. That's, that's I'm, not, I'm not going to either. Well, I guess no Country Roads then. Sorry, guys. BC could give us a spoken lyrics of Country Roads <laughs> to lead us out. <laughs> Yeah, I could. Let me make sure I get it right. I don't want to mess up lyrics like that. I know Mountain Mama's in there. Um, All right, here you go. All my memories gather round her, miner's lady, stranger to blue water, dark and dusty, painted on the sky, misty taste of moonshine, teardrop in my eye. Country roads take me home. Wow, it's like they just beat Kansas. That's what it's going to feel like. To the place I, have, I belong. Tears, tears are just streaming right now at the beauty of this moment. Just incredible, incredible time to be alive. Uh, all right, as, as we said earlier, stop by the uh, where, where you can review us, where you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star review. If you have questions, drop them in. Once we go over 200, we will be doing a podcast mailbag strictly from your questions. We'll be seeing what you want answered. All of that and more. We'll be back next week with two more podcasts with Husker 24-7.